Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from the classic TV shows of the 80s and 90s. I'm Doug Keck, along with my co-host each week, our network chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to see you, Father, as always. And always good to hear some of Mother's insights and just her practical spirituality. That's what we need, right? Practically, how do I live this out? Absolutely, especially these days. A couple of the topics, wanted to get an abortion but changed my mind. Interesting story. Seek first his kingdom is another topic. Here's a tough one that we're, we're dealing with today. What about abortion in case of rape and incest? Mm-hmm. And finally, Jesus is Lord. Yes, so this first one where um, the the caller is talking about the possibility of martyrdom and is there such a thing as duress, you know, that kind of alleviates you from having to speak the truth? And, of course, Mother cuts to the quick on this one, <laughs> you know, that— we always must speak the truth, you know, that Jesus is Lord. And I like to think, too, because sometimes we, we can read what the martyrs went through and think, gosh, I wonder if I would be faithful, you know, through all of that. But we should trust in God's providence that he doesn't give us, give us the grace we need for the future today. But he will be there to give us the grace that we need should we be called to witness through martyrdom. Right, and again, I think this runs into what we're dealing with a lot with today's society. Again, this kind of dualism where Mm -hmm. the fact that, uh, you know, what I say may not be what I really believe. And since God knows what's really in my heart, regardless of what I'm doing, it's Mm -hmm. okay. And we have to live out a white martyrdom. And that really helps to prepare us, should God call us, to be red martyrs, to lay down our lives. It is the little persecutions that we endure in this life, the hardships for the sake of truth and goodness and love. Those little white martyrdoms actually help us to be faithful should we be called to something greater. And actually, for for the vast majority of us, that's what we're going to be called to. Mm-hmm. I mean, things can get bad in different parts of the world. No one knows what the future yeah. will bring. But most of it is is really, as we've talked about on other programs, you know, cancel culture, mm-hmm. somebody being embarrassed or being given a hard time online or something right. else because of their belief system. Yeah, it's quite different than what some of our brothers and sisters are suffering in different countries around the world. Yeah, we might be scorned, we might be, dis, you know, disliked or whatever, but... Get real. Be courageous. Stand up for the Lord. That's what we're being called to. As Mother talks about, everything is duress today. That's why we compromise the truth. Of course, Mother never did. Let's see what she has to say. She said it all the time. Jesus is Lord. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. This is uh, Emmanuel. I'm calling uh, from uh, Evergreen What's your Park. question? I'm near Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, first of all, I wanted to say thank you because watching your program and watching all the programs on EWTN has brought me and my friends a lot closer to my faith, my Thank Catholicism. Um, my question is really a hypothetical. It involves uh, martyr, being a martyr. Um, if you were faced in a situation where, let's say, someone put a gun to your head and they wanted you to renounce your faith in front of everyone and they said they would kill you if um, you did not renounce your faith, 
or uh, they ask you the question, if you don't renounce your faith, we will kill one of your loved ones, such like your wife or a sibling or that. My question is, in that situation, I understand that you have to be in the, gr- in the graces of God, but I also know that I've talked to a few priests who said that, well, that's duress. Now, a it's friend what? of mine, duress. They said it was duress, meaning that so, you they can, give you uh, permission to lie? Right, that's my point. Now, my point is, is that a friend of mine, his name is Danny, he always told me that, uh, he, he talked about in Japan all the martyrs, so I, you should never renounce your faith, ever. Well, you can go back to the Old Testament and see the, the seven sons of the, the Maccabees and the mother with the last to die, and she kept encouraging, don't renounce your faith. Don't disgrace me. That was the Old Testament. You cannot refrain. If somebody put a gun to your head and say, renounce your faith, I would say, Jesus is Lord. What a way to get out of purgatory. (laughs) You know how long it is to become a saint? Huh? You got it. You, there is no, ever, no excuse to renounce your faith. The, the, the mother of the Maccabees had seven children and all seven died and she was the last. She didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, it's terrible in as much as you don't want to see one of your loved ones die, but to have a martyr for the faith in your own family, what a grace, huh? I'm sorry, that is not right. What do you think all the people in uh, uh, eaten up by lions? You call that duress? <laughs> huh? Yeah, you're sitting up there and they got uh, some kind of uh, wool uh, on you so that uh, you smell like a lamb to these lions. And uh, you don't call that duress? You think they were standing? They come on, y'all come, y'all come. <laughs> They're shaking in their boots. You see these big lions coming at your jaws that they haven't eaten for two weeks? Yeah, 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 the rest. We call them martyrs. Everything is duress today. That's why we compromise truth. I'm under duress. Yeah, you're duress. But you can have duress in hell forever. What do you think they got down there? You can't renounce your faith. You can't say, well, I can't speak the truth now because if I do, I'm going to make so-and-so unhappy. Very bad. St. Paul knew he was a marked man. St. Peter knew he was a marked man. And when he tried to escape, well, he wasn't escaping, he was... Everybody told him, Peter, we need you. You're the prince of the apostles. And what'll happen when you're gone? And leave Rome. They're after you. So he started walking down the road. And all of a sudden, he saw Jesus coming towards him. And he said, Lord, Quo where are you going? And the Lord looked at him, he said, I go to Rome to be crucified again. And then he disappeared and Peter turned around 
went back to Rome, they captured him, and he said, I am not worthy to die as the master since I denied him. Place my cross upside down. The rest, you're right. God bless you. Up next, another tough topic. This mm. one, what about abortion in case of rape and incest? And of course, Father, you know, with the recent uh, change yeah. in the uh, the law, the Dobbs case and Roe versus Wade being overturned, mm -hmm. this is the kind of things that are playing themselves out in the individual states in the United States mm -hmm. where people say, well, what about rape and incest? And we have to say that rape is a horrible, horrible violation. And yet abortion is not going to be the solution. It's only going to make it worse. In fact, a new life, as has been seen by women who have said, well, I'm going to keep that child, that new life can actually bring healing to that terrible violation that was suffered, that now there's this new life, there's this new love, and that's what brings healing is love. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the things that Mother talks about as well is that uh, you can't fight a lie with another lie. Exactly. And think about Andrea Bocelli, Tim Tebow. Right. Their parents were told have an abortion because there's a problem with the unborn child. Well, we'd be missing a lot of beautiful music and some wonderful football, you know, uh, but those women disagreed and they kept their children and loved them. Right. And as you indicated, it's really, really uh, a very tough situation for the people involved. But again, the child is not guilty of anything. Yes, so to love is what we're called to, no matter the circumstances of the conception. Was it within a loving family? No. But none of, nonetheless, that child has dignity. So let's see what mother had to say, what her counseling was about, what about abortion in a case of rape and incest? We have a call, hello? Hello. Where are you from? Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Where you, what, what's your question? Mother, I would like your opinion on abortion in cases of rape or incest. How do you feel about it? <sighs> rape and incest are tragedies. St. Paul has a lot to say about incest. There's a lot of it going on. Brothers with sisters, fathers with daughters, uncles with nieces. It's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Rape the same. But you can't have an abortion. You can't do that. I think I told you the story of um, a man who went into this college and gave a, a talk on on um, abortion, the needs, the needs for abortion. And this one man got up and he said, uh, may I ask you a question? He said, yes. He said um, a woman had uh, 10, 11 children and the father had syphilis. Uh, some were born without hair, most of them deformed. Uh, and she's pregnant with her, I think it was 15. 
And all the children were very, very affected, couldn't see, couldn't hear, couldn't walk, because the father had syphilis. He said, now the 15th is, uh, is on the way, what, what is your opinion? He said, abortion, of course. He said, then you would have aborted Beethoven. See? They say from these traumas that babies are so often born with various problems. But we can't make those decisions. You can't fight a tragedy with another tragedy. You can't fight a lie with another lie. You see, it, you can't. You know, everybody tells me if you put salt on grapefruit, it tastes better. <laughs> you don't taste the salt, then you don't taste the grapefruit. You see? I, I don't understand that. See? If you want a grapefruit, it's sour, eat it. Put sugar on it, for goodness sake. Don't tell me if you put salt on it, it tastes better. Well, that's how it is with lying and abortion. And we, we just make one tragedy, one mistake, we make a greater one. For an adultery or a, a premarital sex, and you get pregnant, then you're, now you're going to commit murder. And, and see, it looks good, it looks right when you say incest and, uh, and uh, uh, rape. Most lies look good. That's why you fall. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. I'm Doug Keck, joined as always by Father Joseph Mary Wolf mm -hmm. as we move ahead to part two of this program. Mother's first call, seek first his kingdom. Yes, and it seems like this was the time when we first started televising the Mass. I think it was the first Gulf War, war right. that prompted Mother to say, well, we need to have people spiritually fed by bringing the Mass. And so, thanks be to God, this listener uh, and viewer was certainly grateful for that. Absolutely, and I know one of the things that Mother talks about so often is the, that idea that... Uh, each day has enough trouble on its own mm -hmm. and that we have to rely on the Lord. But day by day, with enough light, as you were talking about mm -hmm. in another program, you know, just enough grace to keep going. Yeah. And remember, God is good. And he is a source of all goodness, which means there's nothing greater than his goodness. And that's why he can bring good out of everything, absolutely everything, even if we can't see it, even if we don't understand it. And that's why the Lord said, do not worry about tomorrow. Today has enough of its own. So just uh, focus on today. Be faithful to me today. Seek first the kingdom. And I know it's interesting too, but with this is another case where the person calls in and asks the sisters to pray for them. How mm -hmm. important it was for so many of our viewers, our yeah. family to have mother and the sisters praying for them. And they still do. 
So when we have some wonderful news at the network, I send that on to Mother Paschal, who's the abbess there now. And she shows it to the sisters because they pray every day for this network and for the souls that are reached. And what a difference that makes to have a cloistered community praying for this work. That's the heart of it. Especially since they seek first his kingdom as well. And we have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Do you have a prayer? Oh, yes, Mother. Uh, I do have a prayer. Um, I also would like to ask for the prayers of you and your sisters for us. Uh, this would be uh, my husband, who's 52. He lost his part-time job, which pays for our youngest daughter, 15, Catholic education. And we've asked for forbearance. I'm sure you know what that is. Yeah. And um, my son also, who came back from the Persian Gulf, he's in the Army Reserves. And uh, as they say, the jobs will be there when they get back. Well, very oftentimes they're not. Um, I've gotten through this past week with the very good help of one of your sisters. I, I don't know her name. <laughs> but could you, could you please put our name on the altar again? Because sure. things are worse, but I feel... Yeah. I'm very calm about it, but I, I thank you very, very much. If it was not for your sister, I really, we only have $20 for food this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So, Mother, uh, if you would pray for us, uh, I have a prayer. Um, when you have nothing, sometimes it gets down to the nitty-gritty, as you like to say. I know. So this is sort of, um, well, this is our prayer. Jesus, I kneel down to say thank you for another day. For hands to feel and eyes to see, for all your loving gifts to me. Teach me in your words to talk. Help me once again to walk. Guide and bless us from above. Jesus, it is you I love. And thank you, Mother, very much for having that mass on, because I can't get out of the house. It's a very large help. I know. And and I I, I appreciate your your tears. And you need, you need to keep your tearful eyes on Jesus. And remember that there, you've been given many things. A lot of people in your situation, you can't buy much food for $20 unless you buy lots of beans, you know. But God's grace is always there for you. And if you, if, you pray, and you've got that grace of hope. See, a lot of people would be so despairing now. So keep up your hope. You need to do that for your children's sake. You need to do it for your husband's sake. You know, he doesn't give you more than you can handle. I wanted to read something here, and we're going to have another prayer call, but there's a little spot here in St. Matthew's Gospel. He says, look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they are? So don't worry. He will look after you. So do not worry. He will take care of you. Set your hearts on the kingdom and don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we all, as a, as a family, a TV family, and our family here, pray for you and ask the Lord to bless you and give you courage. And closing out this week's program, another tough call. A person who wanted to get an abortion but changed their mind. So there's some upside there. Kind of the Abby Johnson story, isn't it? That when she saw the reality of the unborn child, it changed her. And so, too, in this situation. And, you know, it's only free people who support slavery. It's only born people who support abortion. So, again, it is never a good decision. And it is for us to love them both, both the mother, the unborn child, whether it's wanted or unwanted, that that's the Catholic philosophy, the Christian philosophy. We love them both, support them both, help them in their situation. Right, yeah, absolutely. And what we're seeing today is there's so much uh, pushback uh, now that Roe v. Wade was overturned to, to where they're attacking the uh, the centers that were sent up to help mm -hmm. women, you know, yeah. uh, because there's too many of them. Uh, and, uh, mm -hmm. they, you know, they're helping these people. Isn't that what your goal is? But apparently their goal was to have a lot of abortions. And not really to help women who want to keep their children. And it's a huge percentage of women who feel coerced, forced. I mean, that's obviously not uh, a value that we want to promote, coercion. And so are we going to help these women to raise their children, to support them? That's what the pro-life movement is about, not just about being against something, but being for something. Absolutely. This person wanted to get an abortion, but luckily she changed her mind. We have a call. Hello? Yes, good evening, Mother. Yeah. What's uh, your, where are you from? I'm from Virginia. What's your question? It's not a question. It's just a comment. Uh, almost 20 years ago, I had made the decision to have an abortion. And as a part-time profession, so to speak, I was a trained uh, emergency medical technician. The Lord does things in many funny ways, but after I found out I was pregnant and had made the decision to have an abortion, within two weeks, I personally had to deliver the fetus of a, a four and a half month fetus on a 14 year old girl. Uh -huh. And that made me change my mind. That yeah. child today is very close to me much more so than my three other children. And um, that's the only thing I wanted to say. Well, but that's wonderful, Sriar, because, uh, you see, that's a great witness for maybe somebody here. See, that the, the word fetus it, it kind of uh, takes away the dignity of a child. You see, that's a human being. It's not a, a, a glob of blood or whatever. It's it's a it's already formed. It has a heart and it's beating and see this is so that's the lie. And when they say, Well now you're a woman and you have the power to choose, that's a lie. Because you're not choosing for yourself, you're choosing for somebody else, you see? That's that's where the lie is. I saw a debate between some nun Sister, 
whatever. Uh, and uh, Father Rodler on Crossfire, because I couldn't understand half of it, because everybody's yelling at each other. That, I don't get that. But anyway, if you listen to the one you wanted to listen to, you got the gist of it. But the, she didn't make any sense. She, she says that uh, the Vatican only is against abortion because they don't want women to have power. What does that mean? Now, see, that's to call the whole Vatican, the Holy Father, the whole church, the magistrate, a liar. See, we, we need to be so careful that, that see, that's not why. We're defending a, a, a child, a boy or a girl. And this article was so clever. Wasn't that clever? It was a fetus in the first article, in the first line. And then, she killed her six-month-old fetus, but the baby girl, isn't it a shame we have to call it a girl or boy only after we've mutilated them? You see the big lie? We have bought a lie. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.